0: Steve Lanham. May contain spoilers. May contain
1: spoilers.
2: On this week's May Contain Spoilers, we'll be heading into a few dark places for very different reasons. We clench our fists in a cupboard and hope about time is worth ours. JP peers through the gloom to find out why we've got Riddick. And Drew tells us what an equal is. If you've seen a film this week, then send us your reviews by tweeting at Filmspoilers or email maycontainspoilers at hop1028.com. Your Friday I'm in love You're listening to May contain Spoilers My name's Steve Lanham I'm Drew Bridger
3: And I'm JP Stockwell
2: And here we are Talking about films Again This week's gonna be Reviews of Riddick About Time uh, Drew you've also got Some crowdsourcing Corner for us I've got a little bit Of crowdsourcing Corner for you Can you tease it uh, I can I can tease
0: it. I can tease the title of it if people want to. Don't because no, that, that, oh, that gives it away. It gives it away. It's it's to do with a lot of um,
2: death of creativity. Okay, so my answer to the question, can you tease it, was sort of no. But sort you got of, of no. got there eventually. Yeah. And uh, JP, you've got some film news uh, as well as you're the only person out of us that's seen Riddick, so... Yep. If you want to challenge anything that JP has to say about Riddick or anything we've got to say about, about time for that reason or anything at all that you've seen in cinemas, then you can uh, tweet us at film spoilers or email spoilers at top1028.com uh, throughout the show or throughout the week if you're listening to the podcast. And we will uh, mention it either on next week's show or during this show.
3: So, Even no opinions on the news story that we might have this week. It's yeah. quite a debating... Yeah story we have.
2: Yeah, because uh, this is uh, quite a big story in, in movie circles. It was the uh, the news that a cinema goer at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, called the police on a, uh, uh, a cinema goer who used their phone during a film. I believe. It's a bit of an extreme measure. Chucking a bit of popcorn might have been all right. But well, you say yeah. that, but it's something that gets people very angry. So, uh, what we want to know is, are you uh, annoyed by people using their phones during uh, screenings? And uh, we will take that on slightly further later on in the show when we reveal something that Disney have got in yeah. mind. So that all of that's coming up later. But yeah, if you are easily annoyed by people with phones in cinemas, let us know what's the worst example you've seen of someone flaunting. Uh, the rules of the cinema or just generally annoying you or maybe it's you maybe you're the one that doesn't care you think you should be able to tweet during a film they do have we saw the way way back that had hashtag the way way back at the start of it tell us what you think why, why shouldn't you be able to do that maybe you're not D- debate I, You weren't gonna. You weren't gonna run with that, were you? You weren't gonna say you're right. No, you should be able to do that. Yeah, no, no. absolutely. You should be able to use screens whenever you want. No. So uh, we'll be talking about that later in the show. But let's uh, move on to our first review of the week, which is about time, which is directed by Richard Curtis. Uh, let's get our prejudices out of the way first. JP, are you a fan of Richard Curtis?
3: Yeah, I think I have uh, a, a bit of a soft spot for some of his movies. I okay. think you know they're, you know they're. Uh, very highly regarded well I mean, he, he definitely is within the comedy circuit you know he's mm. been involved in some of the biggest you know comedy TV series and movies in Britain so I mean I I, I enjoy you know quite a lot of his movies and, yeah, and series and stuff uh, I don't generally like rom-coms I do
0: like Richard Curtis's work Okay, in general
2: I uh, like his comedy work in TV, not so much his film stuff, so we will see oh, what okay. we thought of about time. But directed by Richard Curtis, the story is, at the age of 21, Tim discovers he can travel in time and change what happens and has happened in his own life. His decision to make his world a better place by getting a girlfriend turns out not to be as easy as you might think.
1: This is an odd moment for me, because I had the same moment with my father when i just turned 21, and after it... My life was never the same, so I approach it pretty, um, nervously. Okay. When you're ready, it's all very mysterious. Uh, right. Tim, my dear son, uh, the, uh... The simple fact is the men in this family have always had the ability to... This is going to sound strange. Be prepared for strangeness. Get ready for spooky time. Uh, But there's this family secret and the secret is that the men in the family can travel in time. Well, more accurately, travel back in time. We can't travel into the future. This is such a weird joke. It's seriously not a joke.
2: Now, uh, mm, uh, hmm. Gleeson.
1: Uh,
0: mm. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to do it. I said this earlier. I said you, you did a Bill Nighy impression ages ago that cracked me up, and I wondered if you were going to do it again. I didn't even realise I'd ever done it, but because
2: you mentioned it, I thought I'd throw it in. will not hurt. Um, and I always have a go at you for doing impressions. So, um, so Donald Gleason is in this
0: with uh, you got Rachel McAdams. It? uh, mm. uh mm. Well, yeah, so, 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 I, th- so. I think you're, you're getting
3: the phrasing right, but I think you still you still have to get the voice. I think it's more the you, you've got to get that groovy uncle in there, uh, you know. Groovy. So, uh, so, what, what I'm going to tell you is, uh, you know, <laughs>
2: already this has gone on much
3: longer. Yeah.
2: Than I so, yeah, uh, About Time Stars, up to Hall the Greaser. impressions hour, they
0: yeah. contain spoilers, <laughs> uh,
2: Rachel McAdams, Bill Nye, of course, uh, Tom Hollander. And uh, Lydia Wilson, I think that's probably it. Oh, and actually, worth mentioning, probably, I, I totally forgot about this, uh, also Richard E. Grant and, and... Richard Griffiths. Richard Griffiths as well. Yeah. Reunited, for, I think, for the first time on screen uh, since with now and I. But obviously Richard Griffiths no longer with us as well. Exactly. So it was quite nice to see them together. Yeah. Even if only briefly during About Time. But anyway, what did you guys think of About Time?
3: Well, I think um, the, the, the thing that you can say about richard curtis is, is as we're saying he is kind of his own genre in a way now anyway you know and he, he is kind of a british institution what genre would that be jp well i think it's obvious ho- his own making really it's that kind of uh y- you can list out some of the archetypes that you can easily spot in a Rich- richard curtis project so it's Posh, yeah, upper middle class people, you know, bumberly Englishmen. There's often an American girl involved, yeah. <laughs> um, all, all the and it's it's got that kind of nice, cutesy kind of feel to it, you know, feel good feel warmth. to it, warmth, yeah. And uh, I think I have enjoyed some of those moments, you know, and uh, he does get you know, good. Good feelings, feelings out of you, and uh, I think I did recognise that a lot in this. It's just you know, it's it seems to not not in a bad way, but it's it, it's it's a Richard Curtis film. That's kind of all you can really say to sum it up, and that that that's good. That's good. Um, well, you in say, a way, it, and it's and it's kind of expected though, in a way. You really. say it's good. Uh, I will
2: say that some of it is good. Some yeah. of it is less good. The stuff that I think that's, that's very, good...
0: You know, I was going to say, that's very nondescript. Well,
2: the things that I think are good in About Time right. are the whole time that Donald Gleeson and Rachel McAdams are kind of getting to know each other and becoming a couple for the first time and falling in love and all that sort of thing. It's brilliantly observed, it's funny, it's nice, it's sweet, it's yeah. cute. And that's kind of the best of what Richard Curtis does. The, the part of it I had a problem with is... I just couldn't stand the characters outside of that so when they were living their normal lives away from each other i hated them because they were upper middle class moaning about not being able to get by despite having a ridiculous job coming from a well-off family living in a ridiculous part of london and all that sort of thing i, f- I found it really difficult to empathize with with the characters and th- some of them seem so stereotypical like his sister kit kat which is an incredibly annoying name <laughs> She from the that start nearly brought you to the point of swearing. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd have given me a post-it note that right. I could have written her, I could have written a character on it at the first time we met her and said where, what was going to happen to her because it was so obvious. And okay. she doesn't exist in the real world. Lots of these people don't exist in the real world, which is fine. Harry Potter doesn't exist. No, exactly. In the real world. At least I don't think. But <laughs> we're not. If convinced. It's going for a, a slight amount of realism that becomes a problem and if it's the, the stuff when they're being real that's the best stuff when they're a couple yeah well, if it's a problem when they're not a couple then I can't really accept that that's my main concern that and the time travel part of it it quickly gets forgotten I think Like.
0: I think it, I think after a certain point I do understand what you're saying after a certain point it becomes less about the kind of time travelling aspect of it and it becomes a lot more sort of a family family drama comedy kind of mixture oriented so it's sort of like these kind of mishaps of a of a family dealing with one another everything like that with sporadic bits of time travel involved it's almost like sometimes it feels like it's an afterthought I, what I what I actually did really like about this film, though, and I've got, to, I've got to say, I don't really like rom-coms that much. I generally find rom-coms to be very generic and placating and always perpetually with Jennifer Aniston or Ashton Kutcher in them. Um, but what I really liked about About Time was how it was paced. I, I felt like it never once kind of slipped down in having absolutely nothing happen i mean while while i agree that you say you know a lot of stuff that everything that kind of happens to his sister um everything that kind of goes on with their family and how everything progresses becomes almost slightly predictable what you can say about this film is that everything is Paced brilliantly because there's always something happening or about to happen or you're in the midst of sort of watching something come together through his time travelling.
2: I kind of agree with you. Something is always literally happening on the screen. Yeah. It doesn't ever go black. Actually, that's not technically true. It does go black for a while when they're at that restaurant where they can eat in the dark.
0: That was... I've got to say, I've really enjoyed that idea. I almost want to know if that's an actual place. It It is. Is Is it?
3: Is it really? Well, well, it's it's certainly... a, a practice of having you know these kind of restaurants where you're led to your table by blind waiters and, you, and it's it's supposed to be about the experience of using your senses rather than Why you know, do, know, you, blind I, do yeah. you know I
0: genuinely didn't know that and I yeah. thought that was a really cool thing yeah. and I, I really wanted to go to one I hated it I thought it was so pretentious I hate that have you been to one no oh <laughs> okay fact, you
2: know, <laughs> I, did. I would call it pretentious <laughs> yeah I've been there loads of times actually I've, I've been to one I've I really incredibly cool.
0: pretentious Pretentious. Yeah, <laughs>
2: but that was part of my problem with it. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, Plus, he's essentially, the food was terrible. <laughs> he's essentially yeah, he's essentially making the uh, the same film every time, which lots of filmmakers do. But I just I, I couldn't buy into those characters, which really bothered me. And I think the fact that I watched Primer the night before probably <laughs> didn't help. Primer, of course, being probably the densest most difficult to understand time Time travel travel film ever, Uh, I then went into About Time probably looking far too much. So let's get into that, the time travel aspect of About Time. So to go back into a certain part of your own history, what you need to do, as revealed by Bill Nye to Donald Gleason, is go into a cupboard, close your eyes, think hard about where you want to go, clench your fists and off you sort of trot. Uh, Which my problem with that is... What happens to the version of you that's already there? Because he goes back to a party, he walks out of the closet. What that was happens my to the version of him that
0: was at the party. That was already? my instant reaction to that because I thought, well, does that version of him just kind of disappear and then he materializes? But I mean, I'm guessing there must be a certain point where in in the s- you know in the fabrics of space and time those two bodies cross over within the same area so he obviously goes back to a certain point comes out of that room and crosses over with a previous version of himself <laughs> at which point <laughs> the two molecules uh molecular structures of the two beings become well, the one singularity in that i've gone on too far <laughs> think i think
3: i think this is it's, it's one of those things where He's just kind of used it as a cutesy kind of little add-on for a device, and it's something that obviously isn't really meant to be taken seriously. But, I mean, as soon as anyone adds any kind of time travel element to it, it never really works unless you really go into it deeply, like something like Primer. Sort of. But Back to the Future
2: future does it quite lightly, and that still works. I think what you were suggesting, Drew, was the linear... uh, Type of time travel, isn't it? Where something always happens because it always has. So yes, you would, exactly. You would always have left the room because it's in a straight line. So that part of it was always going to happen—that you were going to come back. Yes, I don't think that's the case because you don't ever see him leave that room, and that means you could only go back to places where you'd walked out of the room. So you know that's not explained by Bill Nye. I mean, but what I'm saying is I probably shouldn't have watched Primer before I watched No. Primer exactly. Time. I think Primer complicates everything way more than it needs to be. My final uh, word on About Time is in the last part of the film, it has one of the most scandalous product placements I've ever seen, which was uh, someone at, I think it's Christmas or a birthday, possibly a birthday, and they are holding an apple. Uh, iPad box to their chest for no reason other than just to display it on a box. Really? And it's never mentioned, it's never moved, they're just I, holding it.
3: Do that's you
0: it. know what? I, I, that completely passed me by. If you
2: haven't seen About Time yet and you're going to see it, keep an eye out for it. It's the best bit of the whole film. But anyway, let's give. <laughs> we we, we were too
3: teary eyed to notice.
2: Yeah, wiping away the tears. <laughs> you love crying about iPads. Oh, yeah. uh, let's <laughs> give About Time scores out of five stars. Drew, you can go first.
0: Um, well, I'm going to give it three and a half because i in a backwards sort of way i thought i would hate it because i do not really tend to enjoy rom-coms as i said before in any capacity at all because i find them all generally pretty generic i was quite surprised that there's a certain amount of originality behind this and a lot of the kind of comedy aspects, does come directly from the time-travelling aspect of it. And it's that kind of insight that kind of generates that sort of comedy. Um, and I liked it, and I thought Bill Nighy was just fantastic. I, I really like Bill Nighy's character in this. He played, a, uh, as JP put it earlier, this kind of groovy uncle. Well, that's even how that I've always seen dad. him, because yeah. he
3: kind of does remind me of my own uncle in a way. Well, he's, then you're he's very he's lucky if Bill aunt. Nighy
0: is your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> he is the best thing in it, I think. Yeah, he is. He is one of the best characters in this, and I do really like him. And there's some very funny and also very tender moments with Bill Nighy that I did enjoy watching. So yeah. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. So I kind of thought it was fair to give it three and a half. So three and a half
2: from Drew JP. I'm
3: going to go with a three, solid three. I think. I mean, it, it is essentially Richard Curtis 2013. So I mean, it it is essentially kind of the same movie, but it's it's kind of like if you if you watch one of these movies with, um, you know, a spread out time period, it's it's just another one that happens to have come out this year, and you'll you'll like you know the the Britishness of the of the comedy and the characters and the and the bumbling around and stuff, and I, I think, it's
0: distinctly British in that yeah, sense, isn't it? Yeah, it's
3: distinct yeah distinctly uh, Richard Curtis as well so I, yeah I thought it was it was, it was was perfectly fine three, three stars
2: <laughs> so three and a half from Drew three from JP despite giving it a hard time I also gave it three stars because there are still things I like about it and it, Richard Curtis is really good at kind of tugging at the heartstrings and it is you know quite emotional at the end the stuff of his dad and all that sort of thing is it does really work but I just think sometimes you have to question the other stuff that he does, and I found that a real problem with it. So I I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. So three stars from me, three from JP, and three and a half from Drew. If you have seen About Time, let us know what you thought of it.
0: Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at film spoilers or email us on makeandtakespoilers at hot1028.com.
2: Now still to come and may contain spoilers we've got Sofa Cinema and our review of Riddick so all that's coming up in the next part of the show all of the music from this week's show is taken from the soundtrack to About Time this one's from Ron Sexsmith it's called Gold in Them Their Hills and uh, it's pretty good so take a listen
1: I know it doesn't seem that way but maybe it's the perfect day it's
2: Golden in Them Hills by Ron Sexsmith from the soundtrack to About Time. Remember, if you've seen it, tell us what you thought of it at film spoilers or may contain spoilers at hot1028.com. Now this week it's my turn to pick the Sofa Cinemas, so that's films that are on Freeview over the next six days or so that you can check out for nothing. And I've gone for films that haven't got any relation. I know sometimes we try to do a sort of a theme, I just couldn't really. I thought about it, I tried to link them, I didn't. So they're, The link is that they're all films that you like. They're all films that I've chosen, that's the link. That's yeah, so, like- the first one is Unforgiven, which is on at 10 o'clock on Saturday, the 14th of September, on Channel 5. And uh, this is the sort of return of the Western in the. Well, I think it's it the kind early- of
3: the, the ultimatum of, uh, of the Western.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, sort of early 90s, uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was been a long time since Westerns have been sort of major hits, and it was the kind of the last of the great Westerns, maybe, before we then got things like True Grit and the later, I suppose, sort of um, the Cormac McCarthy, No Country for Old Men, sort of a different type of Western, Yeah, but Un- Unforgiven's brilliant, Clint is fantastic in it, and uh, if you haven't seen Spaghetti it
3: before, Westerns, I guess you would, you would yeah, say. Yeah, although... It's not as much, but
2: without boring you with the fact why they're called Spaghetti Westerns which I will now do having mentioned it anyway (laughs) Uh, it's because they're filmed in Italy and they're dubbed that's why they're called Spaghetti Westerns whereas this wasn't but fantastic film Uh, Clint is fantastic in it and if you haven't seen it before it is a classic that's Channel 5, 10 o'clock on Saturday, the fourteenth of September. My second choice is one of my favourite films of all time, and kind of links into the film that we reviewed last week. It's Moon, starring Sam Rockwell, of course. who was in Love the a Way bit Way of Back, Sam Rockwell, uh, which you can listen to our review of The Way Way Back on our podcast. So you can find, uh, may contain spoilers. Just type it into Google, and you'll find last week's show. But Moon is an amazing film directed by Duncan Jones, uh, famous for being, and I hate bringing this up all the time, but being son of David Bowie. Uh, but he has since directed Source Code and other great film. Yeah. Moon is great because it references lots of other old sci-fi films without sort of feeling like it's just ripping them off in yeah. the same way that Oblivion felt a bit like it was ripping off Moon, ironically, but yeah. you get the uh, the kind of miniatures, the, the, the effects and things like that are great. Kevin Spacey is slightly creepy as the how like character in it gertie who's the computer who's in control of the moon base that they're on where something goes wrong and sam rockwell finds everything's not quite as it seems it's fantastic if you've never seen it before you're really lucky because the first watch with the kind of big reveal is fantastic yeah so it's brilliant moon is on 10:45 on sunday the 15th of september on bbc2 definitely check that one out and my final choice is a matter of life and death the powell and Pressburger film basically because i haven't seen it it's a classic it's on the list of shame which we always mention of mine uh, and i've never seen it and i'd quite like to watch it it's on five fifteen on monday the 16th of september on film four so it's not the best time of day for a film to be on but you know set the uh, the generic dvr thing to record it free view whatever they call them What what do they call those? Just uh, DVRs. DVRs. Just DVRs, I've already said it. Digital Video Recorder. Uh, Yeah, so that's uh, A Matter of Life and Death, 5.15 on film for on Monday. So those are my choices for this week's Sofa Cinema. Drew, you've got some Twitter... Breaking news for us. I can think of a better way to put that.
0: Yes, uh, Jennifer Baby has uh, tweeted us asking what our what our male take on the Richard Curtis films
2: are and how the Curtis canon. So quickly, yes. what's your favourite Richard Curtis directed film? Uh, bearing in mind that only includes about time yeah we time. just
3: discussed this didn't we Yeah, that he hasn't actually directed as many films as you think
2: so it's about time the boat that rocked and love actually one word answer JP what's your favourite uh I've forgotten his name
3: already Richard, Richard I Curtis I should say Michael
2: Powell because I it talking about on Pressburger <laughs>
3: what's your favourite Richard Curtis film well I'm going to have to go with two answers because it's two already word you've broken the rules. <laughs> <laughs> love actually it will be for me okay
0: good point Drew um out of all of them probably about time I think really yeah I couldn't really get behind Love, actually.
2: No? No. I'm going to go Love Actually as well The Boat That Rocked is terrible so it was never going to be that it's a toss up between the other two basically so there, are, those are our thoughts on uh, the best Richard Curtis film you can tell us what you thought at Film Spoilers on Twitter or make and Spoilers at hot1028.com is the email still to come we take a look at Riddick and Drew has this week's crowd surfing corner crowd surfing? Crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing corner Steve Lanham Make
0: and Take Spoilers hot radio
2: you're listening to Make and taint Spoilers my name is Steve Lanham and with me are Drew Bridger and JP Stockwell and in the previous part of the show we reviewed About Time if you missed it you can catch it on the podcast Make It Ain't Spoilers You can uh, go back in time You can go back in time Very good Very good It's quite good Uh, (laughs) Make make It a Spoilers podcast type it into Google or uh, uh, I meant to say generic search engine Damn and uh, you can also find it on iTunes or generic uh, MP3 player uh, ask
3: Jeeves since we're being up or middle class. Yes. In this in this episode.
2: Or Yahoo if you're living in nineteen ninety three. <laughs> uh yeah. So Which you that- would be if you were in about time. Yes. Yes. Possibly. There we go.
0: So about Yay. time reviewed
2: in the previous part of the show. This week, Drew, you have as you have every week uh shows the crowdsourcing corner. Yeah.
0: every every week that there's something good out there.
2: Yeah, um, we
0: we should point out not every week is a, is a good week but this one's pretty interesting um, this is a project called The Last Original Screenplay it is by it's not written by Richard Curtis yay hey! <laughs> desperate to get that in we love you Richard Curtis really a little bit mostly anyway uh, this is by writer writer and comedian uh, Mario Joyner he's uh, he's done bits and pieces before he's been on some uh saturday night lives <laughs> you're still, <laughs> still giggling laughing. about the richard <laughs> curtis joke, <laughs> aren't you? not you you're still laughing you love it just carry no. on as
2: if i'm not laughing away
0: okay um basically uh he's um he's been a part of um the comedy world for a while uh and he's done some bits and pieces and this is a film that he's making it's v- it's kind of hard to explain so i'm going to do my best to do it it's set in the near future and there is this one company that has kind of overtaken in the technical market everything to do with filmmaking. And what they do is they make remakes only remakes of all of the films that have ever been but they're not remakes as such with like completely new actors completely new like you know not like total recall or the robocop movie that's coming out or anything like that what they've done is they've redone shot for shot exactly the same but the technology that they have means that they can take the existing film and redo it from different camera angles with new people in it, and they only need to film them once because the technology can film them from one time from any angle that they want. So they have that one master shot and they do it And it's this one guy who is in all of these films and it's Mario Joyner who plays him. And he's the head of this corporation, which I think in the film is called Cannibal Cannibal Films or something. They you know, they eat what you what you like, and then you know, crap out everything, all of this. Nice. And these films aren't, they're, they're called equals, so it's like you know,
2: Rambo the equal. So it's not a sequel, like it's an equal because it's as good as the original, I suppose.
0: Exactly, and it's basically sort of a kind of a satirical look at the future. And basically, uh, in a world, it's all about how remakes ruin Hollywood in the future, and um puts everything in a creative coma and there's this one last original screenplay out there that could possibly bring Hollywood out of this creative coma and generate originality again Okay, so what are
2: the stats for the crowdsourcing part of it?
0: Well, um, unfortunately, as great as this film sounds, it doesn't seem to be doing too well on on Kickstarter It's 6% funded okay. at the moment of a $200,000 goal, which you know is always pretty high for people that aren't immediately recognised and um, it's only got 9 days to go um, so it's not looking too hopeful, but w- that's why I wanted to talk about it, because it's a bit of a shame, because I thought this sounded like a really kind of interesting film idea. Yeah, so what was it called again? Uh, the project is The Last Original Screenplay, or you can search Mario Joiner, which is J-O-Y-N-E-R, on, uh, and that's on Kickstarter. And we'll also tweet a link to that um, after the show
2: when we get an opportunity, and you can go there and you can see all of the different pledges. Excellent. So the last original screenplay is uh, Drew's choice this week for Crowdsourcing Corner. And as he said, we'll tweet a link to that after the show so you can find it and take a look at it for yourself. JP, back to this week's film reviews. You saw Riddick, uh, which I don't think either Drew or I were particularly interested in seeing. Uh, What did you think of it? Have you seen Pitch Black? Did it live up to your expectation?
3: Yeah, well, (coughs) this is the first thing I wanted to get to, is that I... um I have. I had seen the previous two movies, being Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick. Um, I remember I had actually seen Chronicles of Riddick first because it seemed like a kind of um, a movie that I could use to somehow fill the Star Wars kind of void. That that. Uh, I felt need f- needed filling. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because good
2: luck with that one. The uh, <laughs> the original Pitch Black was an alien. Was supposed to be an alien. Yeah. Film, well, this is it? what
3: I was going to bring up. Actually, I didn't know that you knew too much about this, but uh, yeah, so, so you surprised me with your knowledge. Uh, but no. Um, I yeah. So th- so for those of you that don't know, it, it Pitch Black kind of started off as its own version of what Alien 3 wasn't because Alien 3 was quite a troubled production and the writer and director kind of went off and made his version of it, which became Pitch Black. So for Riddick 3, or just Riddick rather, they've, they've kind of gone back to that kind of setup of the movie whereas Chronicles of Riddick was this big kind of uh, Star Wars-esque, you know, kind of uh, planet, hopping adventure which I quite liked actually because I hadn't seen the original film so I thought it was just another space adventure but this particular film they've kind of gone back to the basics of it being a one location stranded and um, crew basically trying to uh, to collect the bounty that's on Riddick's head essentially
2: well I noticed from the trailer that it looked like one of the most disgusting looking films I've ever seen kind of uh for the way that the CGI looked, it looked dis- just ridiculous and very CGI and very bad. Uh, was it as terrible as it looked?
3: Well, I think the yeah, the CGI is quite noticeably uh, iffy at, at best. Yeah, I mean there, the, the the points at where Riddick actually comes into physical contact with it is where it really does stand out, because it's almost as if you can see the outlines. There's there's parts of it where he's interacting with some of these animals of this planet, and every time he grabs it or is interacting with it in any way, it just doesn't look like it's... <laughs> the, the, the line is very blurred, uh, uh, to, to put it very lightly. But I think the 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 sort of problem with that I had with it was that be, because it had kind of stripped back everything that Chronicles of Riddick had set set up um, and gone back to this more stripped down one location and a crew essentially just going to try and collect the bounty from his head um, the the it just seemed like we were kind of doing the familiar stuff that I'd seen in Pitch Black and this is kind of like thirteen years later or so and it just the the characters weren't as engaging as I remember in the first one, which may not have been that great in the first place. If
0: anything, this seems more like the logical sequel to Pitch Black than Chronicles of Riddick was. Because yeah. Because I remember trying to watch Chronicles of Riddick and thinking, this is absolutely ridiculous. This is all about intergalactic politics and everything like that, and I'm not quite sure why Riddick is even involved in this.
3: So. But I remember there was there was a kind of there was an adventure aspect to Chronicles of Riddick, which I remember enjoying because I I had come into that series in the second one, so it, for me it was just this space adventure. And you know it wasn't betray- uh, betraying the the sensibilities of what had come before it because I hadn't seen Pitch Black at that point. But mm. this one overall, it was just kind of stepping that familiar territory, but n- not really being that engaging with the characters. It's just you're kind of stuck on this planet and waiting for it to resolve. Really. Mm.
2: Okay. So scores out of five for Riddick.
3: I think overall, I'll probably give it a, uh, give it a two. Okay, so yeah, two out not of five. Too, not too strong, really.
2: Two out of five from JP for Riddick. If you've seen it, tell us what you thought of it by uh, by getting in touch.
0: Get in touch with the team now. Tweet us at film spoilers or email us on make and take Spoilers at hot1028.com.
2: Still to come on the show, we're going to be talking about people using phones in cinemas and more specifically, Disney encouraging people to use iPads. So all of that's coming up in the next part of May contain Spoilers. Until then, here's Ben Folds and the luckiest from the soundtrack to About Time.
3: I don't get many things
1: right the first time in fact
2: Ben Folds and the Luckiest, taken from the soundtrack to About Time. You're listening to May Contain Spoilers. And in the show tonight, we reviewed About Time and gave it three stars from me, three stars from JP, and three and a half from Drew. And uh, just before that song, JP gave Riddick. What did you give Riddick? 2.5, Two. Two? 5, two. two? Just God, two. Sorry, I didn't want to get that wrong. That's why I yeah. checked and I still got it wrong. Uh, so if you've seen any of those films, tell us what you thought about them at Film Spoilers or may contain spoilers at hot1028.com. But now our film news this week is uh, themed around uh, a story which came from TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, where someone at, the, uh, at one of the screenings called the police because someone was using a phone during their screening. And I know this is something that annoys a lot of people. It annoys me. My general rule is once the title comes card goes up phones are out of bounds You know, yeah. Yeah. once the, the the kind of what, certificate at the yeah, start that, yeah. Yeah. BBFC BBFC yeah, certificate there we go. I said a BFI I knew that wasn't yeah. right um, goes up then That's know, it. all bets switch, are off, switch, it yeah, off. switch it off but I was horrified to find out after I'd heard about this story that Disney have come up with this idea This week, or it seems, you know, on the back almost of what's happened, this is what they're encouraging people to do in cinemas.
1: Disney's The Little Mermaid, second screen live. Download the app, bring your Apple iPad, and see The Little Mermaid on the big screen like you never have
2: before. A new way to watch movies with your friends and family, where you become part of the story. Wow, cool! Movie going has never been so much fun. jolly fish. Interact with the film and compete with the audience.
3: Play games,
1: find hidden treasure, sing along. Sing with me now. But watch out, because you never know who will be trying to steal your voice. That's what I do. It's what I live for.
2: Watch and you.
1: Find your voice with Disney's The Little Mermaid second screen live.
2: So what they are doing is encouraging kids to go to the cinema and hold their iPads up and battle each other using an app and generally... Second screen
3: experience.
0: I don't... I mean, this whole second screen thing has been going on for a while, but not in cinemas. This is something that you use... For the home. Yeah, at home, and and it's basically a method of getting extra sort of making of things on your iPad so you can at, you know, you tune it into the Blu-ray player and it happens along the same lines as the film and it comes up with like sketch diagrams and set breakdowns and everything like that. It's, a it's a way very of, interesting. It's, it's, a, it's
3: kind of a way of saving space on the, the Blu-ray disc because in the beginning of Blu-ray they used to have these in, in movie experiences where it's kind of like a visual director's commentary right. where, the, where the screen would kind of come out and there would be the director standing on a sound stage going through the film but I, f- I figured they must have thought that that probably didn't take off as well. So they started doing the second screen thing so then you can just use it on a separate device rather than having to spend more money putting it into the, the disc itself. Yes, but this,
0: this is like the Americanization of technology gone mad.
2: Well, I don't have a problem with it in theory because you're saying it's a specific screening.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, what we
3: exactly. should point out. Fine, yeah. it's, it's a specific screening for these things, but, but there's the worry, isn't But if you're encouraging
2: kids to do this, then they will... Possibly go forward thinking. Wow, I remember that time in the cinema. I really enjoyed holding uh, my iPad up to the screen. If you, if you
3: encourage them, it's with with, with it. Then you, you might yeah, be inc- it lead. JP? Yeah, it's a slippery inc- slope. You it might is. be encouraging them to 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 disrespect you know the the normal movie screenings Yeah. and
0: how are you going to tell if someone's doing that or recording it to pirate it later or I mean and yeah. God
3: how, knows how's this all going to be monitored and you know yeah. are, are people yeah. going to really care? Well that's
2: why it's kids isn't it like yeah. that's the good yeah. thing is that this probably won't take off for adults because they'll be worried about pirating but it's just the idea that a lot of people if you go to a busy screening especially at a big kind of multiplex people don't seem to take any notice of what other people are experiencing anyway and do whatever they want. So to encourage them at an early age to make as much noise and as much light as possible sounds like a terrible idea to me. But let us know what you think about the ideas of using iPads and phones and encouraging their use in cinemas. I know in some places they get you to take part in games before the screenings and things like that. Is that a good idea? Let us know what you think at film spoilers or maycontainspoilers spoilers at hot1028.com almost out of time for this week but JP what is out on Blu-ray and in cinemas next week
3: Uh, well the big one on uh, Blu-ray tying it in with Vin Diesel there we've got uh, Fast and the Furious 6 so, we, I mean, we, we, we fairly enjoyed that, you know. It was a. The f- long runway, I remember. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, 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 the runway, yeah, it was just m- 10 yeah. miles long.
3: Yeah. Um, but that's the big one. There are a few other things. There's uh, Fire with Fire, which seems to be a kind of straight to DVD Bruce Willis actioner. Um, Great. Yeah. There's a, there's a horror film called Devoured, and uh, there's Our Idiot Brother, which is a comedy starring uh, Paul Rudd. Um, out in the cinemas next week uh, we have Rush new uh, Ron Howard yep. uh, Formula 1 film which will be getting pretty good reviews I, I believe you said that someone had called it the best, best film of the year, year yeah. yeah so
2: I am interested to see it I watched or re-watched Senna at the weekend as well kind of in preparation good for this good time I guess yeah. and uh, it's still still a fantastic film Senna. so I'm really really excited to see the uh, James Hunt and Nicky Lauda kind of story uh, played out in the Ron Howard way of being yeah. incredibly flashy, so it should be good. So, Rush is in cinemas. What else?
3: We also have, uh, well, kind of another uh, tie-in movie for something that already had come out. We have White House Down. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there was Olympus Has Fallen earlier, uh, so this is the uh, Roland Emmerich version of uh, blowing up the White House. Uh, we also have In a World, which is a. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it's a documentary. Is it? It's it's more of a, a fictional.
2: Yeah, it's an Uh, indie comedy, isn't it? Indie
3: comedy, yeah, of... Someone who's trying to break into the voiceover business. Yeah. So, I'm, as we
2: discovered, difficult to find screenings of.
3: Yeah, well, f- certainly for more your area, I've, yeah. I've managed to find one. Oh, um, no. so, yeah, just rub it in. Well, thanks. <laughs> uh, there's also Insidious 2 or Chapter 2, I think you have to refer to yeah. it as the very particular of course, being about Friday
2: this. 13th tomorrow, that would be the
0: reason yeah. why. And yeah. And the
3: second film from James Wan in such a short time, because mm. Conjuring was only a few months ago. He's on the ball at the moment. Isn't isn't Working on Fast Seven at the moment as well, of yeah. course. Uh, we also have uh, Justin and the Knights of Valour, a kids' animated movie, and uh, there's also 42, which is a uh, baseball drama starring Harrison Ford.
2: Yes! <laughs> Cannot wait for that one. <laughs> we, what, uh, we've been waiting
3: of- for this. A yeah. bit
2: of mumbly, mumbly Harrison Ford. Good old Harrison Ford, of course, is going to be in Star Wars. So that's something to get excited about anyway. Yeah. So on next week's show, we will definitely have a review of Rush. We will probably have a review of White House Down as well. And is your screen in, in a world going to be before next week, JP? I,
3: I've, I've planned to see it for next week, yes. Well, okay, so all that's coming up in next week's
2: show. Until then, it's goodbye from me. It is goodbye from me. And get ready for Spook time.
1: I don't believe in an interventionist God But I know, darling, that you